It's said that your real life begins where your comfort zone ends. Well, it's about to get real as we have radically authentic conversations to help you thrive in your personal and professional life while navigating the twists and turns of being human. Buckle up, because this might get uncomfortable. Starts right now with Whitney Lordson. Hey, I am back in Los Angeles after finishing up my road trip, which feels like, how do I put this? I kind of feel like a different person, and I don't say that in a cliche way. I didn't actually expect to feel this way. I just have noticed how transformative these big cross-country journeys have been for me. And I did the math. I think I drove at least 8,000 miles in the last almost three months. The day that I'm recording this in early November 2022 is... I think just a few days short of three months from when I left for this big trip. And I've shared a number of details on this trip in previous episodes, which I will link to in the show notes at wellevator.com if you have not listened and you're interested. I'm also working on compiling a list of travel resources, mostly like products I recommend. A friend of mine asked me today, she should bring on an upcoming trip. And I've really learned about so many different things through my driving adventures, through my recent plane trips. When I went to Costa Rica, which I did an episode on, and I went to Singapore, and just all of the ways I think about travel now has evolved over time. And I like to preface that with the fact that as I explore more of my neurodivergence, I know that I tend to do things in a much more detail-oriented way than people that are neurotypical. And that's been interesting to realize about myself because I kind of just thought everybody thought about travel the way that I do. And now I don't know if that's true. (laughs) So I'm going to get way into the details of my journey back from the East Coast to Los Angeles. I will link to any products I recommend or talk about anything I experienced, a lot of food, (laughs) mostly various gadgets that I got, a few brand new things that I'm super excited to share. That'll all be linked in the show notes. Again, that's at wellevator.com, W-E-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. And at the very bottom of that show notes transcript, there is a whole resource list. You can also just read through the transcript. It's kind of like a blog. And anything I mentioned will be linked there thanks to the amazing team that I work with who actually goes and pulls most of that data. If for some reason something doesn't end up in there because of an oversight, just let me know. You can always message me on social media. You can email me. All of that's also linked in wellevator.com my handles for social, which I don't really use that much. I continuously thought about where do I want to be on social media? Because when friends ask me questions about my trips, I find that I much prefer to just tell them privately or talk about it here on the podcast. I've lost a lot of interest for posting about these things on social media. The short reason why is that I find it very energetically draining. 
and not fulfilling anymore. There just feels like so much noise on social media. And someone like me spends so much time (laughs) crafting posts. And when the algorithms suppress you or when people have lost interest because there's so much information, it just has felt less and less worth it. So I'm really trying to think about how do I want to approach social media in 2023? But that's a whole nother story that's not the focus of this episode whatsoever. With no further ado, let's dive into all of this. The last episode I recorded was when I was at my sister's home in New York. I talked about how I had this interesting experience horse riding. And that was in about mid-October. And again, this is 2022. Can you believe we're almost in 2023? You might even be listening to this episode in 2023. And that just blows my mind. I'm pulling up my Apple photo album because this will help remind me of everything that I did after that experience. I really tried to savor the time in New York. It was absolutely beautiful. I think I put some pictures in the previous show notes for that horse riding episode of the beautiful fall colors because that was a huge part of that experience. And now that I'm back in Los Angeles, I have a greater appreciation for how fall looks in different parts of the country and just the way the air feels. It's actually been kind of chilly here in LA, but chilly is super relative (laughs) because it's funny how your body readjusts to the different temperatures. My sister and I just spent a lot of time relaxing. We love to eat a lot of food together. I got into making a number of different meals a recipe both of us got very fixated on and I've also made since I returned to Los Angeles is this incredible pot pie. I think it was from the minimalist baker. I will definitely put this in the notes because that recipe is phenomenal if you like pot pie and it's super easy to make vegan because I think the recipe is already vegan and then gluten-free. I have this crust I love that you can get at Trader Joe's, at Whole Foods, at most natural markets. I think it's called Holy Wholesome Gluten-Free Pie Shell. They make a gluten-full option too. If you are gluten-free like me, this crust is unbelievable. And I love buying it from Trader Joe's because it's like $5. So if you have one there, it is so worth it. I found it at Sprout. I mean, this is a crust I get these days, like anytime I see it, because you can make delicious pies and savory and sweet. So this pot pie was one of the things that my sister and I made together. And I just had it a few days ago and it hits the spot. After I left my sister in New York, generally I would have been really sad about that. But fortunately this year, we decided to go to Maryland to visit some family members there. And oh my gosh, am I glad that we did. We had such a great time. My sister works Tuesdays through Sunday afternoons. She doesn't have a ton of time off. So I actually went down on a Saturday before her and spent some time with the family members on my own. And then she met me down there. And these family members are so delightful, truly nourishing. I value them so much. They're on the older side. I don't want to give out a ton of information about my family members just to keep their lives private. But I've wondered for years, like when, how much time left? I mean, we never really know how much time we have with people. And I 
think it's a little bit easier to focus on that when someone's older, they're in their older years of life. And yet these family members are so full of life. It's unbelievable the experience with them. They have this wonderful home that's on the water. And I just felt so at peace visiting them. I mean, in my photo albums, I have these beautiful sunsets going down over the water. We've had great meals together. They're really mindful of my dietary preferences. We went out to food together. Even in the small town they live in, there's a number of vegan options. And I got to sleep in and their bedrooms are so comfortable. We did a lot of things that were water related because of the area that they're in. So we went on a boat. We didn't actually go out on the water, but there was a this like old boat that you could go walk on. Like there's a whole guide there. It was from Baltimore, I think. And they sailed it up to this area where my family members live. And we just like went and explored that. And then we hung out on their porch a ton. Then we went to this museum that was pretty neat. One of my family members got an electric bike and was showing me how to use it. I was riding around on that. That was really fun. And then all of that happened. Yeah, I think I spent most of Saturday driving down there, had dinner with them the next day, all those activities. And my sister arrived later that night on Sunday. And it was just like, brings me so much joy. I mean, my sister is probably my favorite person on the planet. If I had to pick one, there's just something about being with her that make, brings me immense happiness. And so even the feelings I have right now telling the story and looking back at pictures of her, I'm just happy and beaming over here. So once she arrived, we continued to just hang out. We actually planned for that next day on Monday to have that be our sleep-in day. And that was so cool to like plan <laughs> to sleep in. We told our family members, we made sure that was okay with them. You know, sometimes when you visit people, you feel like you need to make the most out of every moment and not waste any of it. I definitely felt some of that pressure, but setting those expectations in advance and saying like, hey, this is what would make us happy, that made them happy. And they were actually honored that we just wanted to relax with them. And I don't know, it's funny how something simple like that can feel so fulfilling. So the following day, Again, we just hung out. We went back to that boat so my sister could see it. She got to ride the electric bike. We went into a local natural market. There's one over. I wish I could tell you some more of the details, but privacy is so important to me, more and more so actually on a sub another subject matter. I'm just trying to protect the privacy of my life and my loved ones, especially when it comes to locations. I'm freaked out by how easy it is to find details on people. So I should say, I'm not going to tell you the name of the natural market we went to on this trip. I just wish I could because it was so sweet. It was such a good one. We went in there and my sister and I love shopping for different snacks. And then that evening, there was this beautiful sunset and the rain's coming down over the water. And we just sat on the porch and enjoyed it. And then we went to dinner at this local bar and grill. That was really fun and had a great time. The next morning, got up on the early side because I was starting my journey further down the East Coast and it was so bittersweet. I did not want to leave, but I was really excited about my next stop. So that's when I said goodbye to my sister for the last time on this trip, said goodbye to the other family members and continued down the coast. Now, 
a moment happened that I've been waiting for. I've been hoping this would happen to me on every road trip. And this is the first time that it did, but it didn't turn out quite the way I thought. Well, I pulled up to a Tesla charging station. Might have been the first one I went to on that leg of the trip. And there was a restaurant in the parking lot. So with the Tesla chargers, a lot of them are either at gas stations or hotels. And occasionally, they'll be part of a restaurant. In fact, on my way to Massachusetts a few months prior to this, there was one that a drive through restaurant had set up on their property to attract more customers. And I think I mentioned them. They had really cool drinks and vegan burgers and all sorts of things. I just don't remember their name, but I believe it's in the episode that I did a few months back on my drive out to Massachusetts. So this one was not a restaurant that I went to. I think it was, gosh, I don't even know. Was that in... Actually, I should have this in my photos. Where was I? In Virginia. Okay. I pull up, see the restaurant, and looked over to my left after I plugged my car into the charger. And there was a little section for the restaurant's trash. It was like a sectioned off area where they had multiple trash cans, recycling bins, etc. When I looked over there, I had this big moment because there was a kitten sitting on the trash can. And I felt like everything froze in that moment. And I got so excited because I really want to get a cat. But I've told myself that this cat that I get in the future needs to come organically into my life. I don't want to go hunting for a cat. I don't want to go to an adoption area. Maybe if I stumble upon an adoption, sometimes like pet stores or organizations, at least in Los Angeles, they have them all the time out here. And of course, I could go the extra mile to go seek out a cat. But right now, I don't want to do that. I want like this organic experience. I want it to feel like kismet. That would be a good name for a cat. Anyways, I see this kitten on the trash can and I think, well, the moment has come. There's a ton of videos of people on social media who have found cats this way. They come bouncing out from the woods or underneath a car or on road trips. They're in the road and they saved their lives. So I thought this was my moment. Spoiler alert, it was not. I walked up to the cat, all excited, and then it ran away. And as it ran away, I saw a couple other cats running away and realized that they all lived there. And I had this thought of, should I try to capture them and like try to find some local organization to bring them to? I didn't know where I was in Virginia, but felt some sort of ethical responsibility. And then I noticed that there was all this cat food put out for them. And they were right next to this interesting layout with the restaurant. It was tucked away kind of in some woods and the cats ran away into the woods. So they seemed to have safety and people were looking after them. They just weren't friendly. So I couldn't even get close to them. There was one older cat who I wondered if it was the mama cat, but that cat was not willing to let me get too close to it. So sadly, I waited around. I had to charge my car for about 40 minutes and the cats never came around to let me pet them. And I had to leave and I was bummed about it, but hopefully they're in good hands somehow. That night, I went to another family member's home in or outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. So I'll give you a very vague idea of where I was. 
I've never spent a lot of time in Charlotte. In fact, I think the only time I've been there that I can recall was about 10 years ago. I had a long layover and went and got pizza (laughs) in between flights. And I think I may have driven past there, although I have to look at a map. When I was growing up, my mother would, and she still does this actually, my mother and my sister go to Florida for a few months out of each year because they're in the horse riding world. And I drove down to Florida with my mom a few times. But now that I'm looking at a map, I don't think we would have ever passed through Charlotte just looking at the route. I don't know. Yeah, 95 is generally the highway we would take. And that's Charlotte is farther east. What's really interesting about doing these road trips is it's taught me so much about geography and where things are in my brain versus where things actually are is fascinating thing. So I went down there spent another amazing day with this family member. I was there for two nights and it just went by so fast. The full day that I was there, we went into Charlotte, went to this really cool restaurant, which I think I could tell you about this place because it's nowhere near where these family members live. It's called Optimist Park and it is a collection of restaurants in this old mill. And so it felt like really historical There was tons of vegan options there. I went to this Ethiopian place that wasn't the best Ethiopian I've ever had, but I appreciated it because it was very fast. They had gluten-free injera, I think is how you pronounce it. And it was nice and fresh. It was a good experience, not overly expensive. And there were just so many cool restaurants. You can My family member went and got food from a different place and we sat down at the table and it was just a cool vibe. And that was my main experience in Charlotte. We drove around a little, went to a few shops, got to understand more of what Charlotte's like. And then we just went back and hung out at their home and I had to leave. I mean, it was such a quick turnover. It was interesting. The morning that I left, which I think was a Thursday, it was so cold. There was a major cold front that happened. And there was frost all over the plants that morning. It was like 30 something degrees. It was really intense. (laughs) I was grateful I was not camping that day, but I did do some camping on this trip. From there, I drove, ooh, this was really cool, to South Carolina just to visit a national park down there. If you didn't know this about me already, a huge component of these road trips involves going to national parks. And I think by the end of this trip, I visited 41, I think is my count. And I believe there are 63 or 64 national parks. So I I still have a number to go to, but I'm getting closer. Anyways, I went to Congaree might be the name or Congaree. I don't know. Park (laughs) in South Carolina. And it was interesting because this national park was really lovely. It's just what a beautiful time of year to visit it. And this was in mid-October at this point. Basically, there are all these paths that you can take in the area that I chose to walk. It was dog-friendly. And I guess paths are common, but to describe it more detailed, it, the one that I took was I think called the Boardwalk Trail. Hopefully that's the right term because you're like walking on these wooden pathways and it was shaped in kind of a square formation. 
it was such a neat experience because there were markers all along this pathway that told you the history of this area. And it was fascinating to learn about what was happening there over the different time periods. There, there was elements of the Civil War and there were like leftover things that people were using to, I think, make food. And it was just like really cool. Plus, it's in the park is composed of, gosh, I forget what the term is, these specific types of trees because the area used to be filled with water. And there's all this information that I forget about, about like how that particular part of South Carolina is actually incredibly rare because I believe from cutting down trees or just the way land has been used over time, there's very few parts of the country that have remained intact with their natural plants. So not doing it justice. Highly recommend looking it up. It was just so peaceful to walk around there. So grateful I got to take Evie. After I left that park, I went to Atlanta, which lights me up too, because to my knowledge, I've never been there at all. It did not look familiar at all. I only scratched the surface of it, but I was thrilled to get a little taste. I have clients that live in Atlanta, and one of them was incredibly generous to let me stay at her home for a few days. And I got to do some work in person with this client that I've, they're part of a company called eStreamly that I've been working with for a little over a year now. We have another podcast, actually. If you didn't know this about me, I have hosted a few other shows, and that one we do every week. It's called the Live e commerce podcast. And the co-founders live in Atlanta. So it was really exciting to we do an episode in person. If you want to listen to that one, it actually gets deeper into my history working in tech and kind of my journey as a content creator and all of that. They're a tech company. So you can learn more about what they do. And we did that all in person, which was just cool. And I also have friends that are temporarily in Atlanta working on a project. So I got to visit with them and one of them showed me all around their area, but I really skimmed the surface. I barely saw Atlanta, I feel like. I only saw most of the outskirts is the right term, but looking at the map, I kind of went around like the center of Atlanta and was in the suburbs, I suppose up near the Peachtree Airport, if you want to know generally where I was. And that was really cool. The first night I went there, my friends took me to this restaurant. Gosh, I need to pull up my calendar to remember the name of it. It was a, it's called Rumi's Kitchen. Oh my gosh, this place was so good. First of all, amazing customer service. I had to bring Evie with me because of just the timing of everything. And my car has dog mode in it with the Tesla. So Evie's completely fine staying in the car in most places. But I wasn't sure if it was okay to leave her at the restaurant because it was valet only. And they were so accommodating. They helped me find a good spot for her. And that went incredibly smoothly. They didn't have outdoor seating at this restaurant because it was kind of fancy inside. And I guess 
let me pull up their website so that I can properly reference Rumi's Kitchen and the cuisine that they had. Persian. Okay, good. I was going to say Lebanese. And actually, right on their description, it says like, where fresh, healthy food and Persian hospitality await you. And that's the perfect description. It was just phenomenal. Like their rice, they have all these different types of rice you can get. They had good number of vegan things. Of course, they had like hummus. And I think we had an eggplant dip and all different types of vegetables. But they were very accommodating in terms of pointing out all the different plant-based options for me. And I could salivate right now just thinking about it. And the atmosphere is beautiful. It was absolutely lovely. And then the next day, my friend and I went to a really cool coffee shop in this area called, let me pull this up because I want to shout them out. Well, I don't remember what the coffee shop was called and it looks like I didn't take a picture, but (laughs) the area we were in was called Roswell. And there are all these cool shops there. There was a coffee shop we went to on the way that was in this little house. If you look up good coffee shop in Roswell, Georgia, you will likely stumble upon this place. And the shops were just on this beautiful street with the leaves changing color. And it was a super dog-friendly area. So Evie was welcome in a lot of places. We went to a little restaurant that had pizza and burgers and things like that. And that's called Standard. Uh, They had the Impossible Burger, which I was really thrilled to see. And then the next day, we went for a hike in an area in Marietta or right outside of it. This was the, gosh, I might botch this name, Chattahoochee River National Recreation Area, which by the way, if you are into going to national parks like me, you may purchase a pass called America the Beautiful. And that gets you access to not only all the national parks in the country, but parking at places like this one that we went to, the trails accepted it. You can just display that pass on your dashboard. The America the Beautiful Pass is $80 for the year, unlimited access to all these places. And for context, it's worth it for me because most national parks charge around $30 in entry fees. Although the Kangari National Park that I went to was free. I thought that was really cool because if you live anywhere near there in South Carolina, you can just go there on a whim. And some of the other parks I've been to have been free, but most of them charge. And it's neat when you come across various trails all around the country that may normally charge $5 or so for parking. You can do that almost free of charge if you have that pass. So we went on a nice walk there. It was absolutely beautiful. My friend loved it. Very dog-friendly as well. Then we went to this cool place called, I think it's Good Kitchen. Yeah, Good Kitchen and Market, which is also in Marietta. Super vegan-friendly, gluten-free friendly, paleo, probably on the keto side too. I err on the side of keto, but I'm not super strict with it. They had zoodles, which are zucchini noodles and cauliflower rice. And it was really easy to modify. Plus, dog-friendly and kid-friendly. My friend brought her daughter with us and they had all these games for her to play. And the whole atmosphere was amazing. The indoor and outdoor seating. It was one of the most lovely places I visited in terms of being accommodating for all people's different needs. And then shortly after I had to leave, I was in Atlanta 
from, I think, Thursday night through Sunday morning. So it was a good amount of time, but I still miss seeing certain friends there. I barely saw the city, like I said. There's so much more to see, but alas, I had to move on to the next part of my trip. I feel so excited sharing all these details. It's kind of like revisiting, reliving it all. I'm going to pause for just a couple minutes or less <laughs> to give a shout out to the tool that has made this episode possible. If you are enjoying the high quality audio, if you enjoy seeing the video version of episodes like this over on YouTube, that is all made possible by Zencaster. And I'm shouting them out because for listeners like you, they have made a huge difference. And I think it's really important to share behind the scenes, like, how do I do things like this? How do I make it sound good? How do I edit? How do I uh, monetize with sponsors like this? I always want to be really transparent. And my favorite podcast tool for recording is Zencaster. That's Z-N-C-A-S-T-R. And if you're thinking about starting your own show, or perhaps you have a podcast and you want to take it to another level... Zencaster is one of very few tools that I wholeheartedly recommend after using it for over two years. I jumped on this platform once the pandemic started in 2020, and I haven't turned back. I think they're absolutely amazing, and they have gotten even better recently. You can record video in 4K. You can even distribute your episodes now. You can monetize, like I said, work with sponsors. I could go on and on. I'll share more in some future episodes because Zencaster is sponsoring this show for a few months now. I want you to have the same easy experiences that I do for all my podcasting and content needs. So if you go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and enter the promo code Wellevator, you'll get 30% off your first three months of their paid platform features. You can use it for free. But I will say that the paid versions of Zencaster are really worthwhile. So again, that's Zencaster.com, Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R. And you're going to enter the promo code Wellevator, W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R. I've made it super easy so you don't have to memorize it. It's in the description of this episode on your podcast player, as well as on the show notes at Wellevator.com. If you have any questions about Zencaster, let me know but let's get back to the episode now. From Atlanta, I drove towards Nashville, where I've also never spent time before. On my way there, I met another family member in Chattanooga who actually came from Knoxville to see me. Last year, I went to Knoxville to visit this family member, but this year, Knoxville was a little too out of my way, and they agreed to meet me in Chattanooga, which was such a cute little town. Growing up, my mom would sing the song, I think it's called the Chattanooga Choo Choo, and it's really worth a listen. Let me see when this song came out, because and who sings it, forget his name, Chattanooga Choo Choo. It's like a song about taking this train from, I think, New York down to Chattanooga, and Glenn Miller is the man's name. It was a song written in 1941 and was originally recorded as a big band slash swing tune by Glenn Miller and his orchestra. And it's a fun little song to hear, and they really pay homage to it in the town. There's an actual train station that you can go to and 
hotel called the Chattanooga Choo Choo Hotel. Kind of fun. They actually had a great restaurant there that served vegan burgers. Let me see what that name was. It felt kind of random, but it was really good. Let's see. I had like an amazing Beyond Burger. And let me find the name for anyone who's curious about this. Urban Stack is what this place is called. And it was also great. Dog friendly, outdoor patio, vegan friendly, kindest people. I remember when I was there, I started to notice how amazing Southern hospitality can be. It felt so prominent in Tennessee, especially in that Chattanooga area and in Nashville. The people that I met, just random strangers being super kind and helpful in unexpected ways. And I also got to charge my car a little in Chattanooga. They had a few different Tesla superchargers there, as well as what they call level two chargers. There's this company called ChargePoint, where anyone with an electric car, Tesla or not, can use it. Some of them are free. I think this one was free. Oftentimes, it's like really inexpensive. If it's not free, it'll be like $2 for two hours or something, maybe $3. Very affordable. And it's nice when you're at a restaurant. I use this app called PlugShare, which is incredibly handy. People are often asking me, how do I figure out these trips? And I'll pause just to share the details. After three and a half, actually, now I've done probably four really big road trips with my Tesla, not including times I've taken it to San Francisco and other closer areas. I would say my favorite tool above all is called a better route planner. A betterrouteplanner.com is the website. It's free. There's a paid version that I've never really needed, but that's how I map out everything that I'm going to do. And there's a big lesson I've continuously learned and had to learn again on this trip, which I'll get to soon, thanks to that app. I use that in conjunction with PlugShare because PlugShare, you can just search in whatever area you want for car chargers and it'll tell you all the options, how much it costs, if you have to pay for parking there's reviews. It's incredibly handy. And I love contributing to that platform with the information that I come across. It's just like a game changer. So those two, I would say I use the most. Tesla within the car has a nav system. And some people actually just get in the car and do a whole trip on a whim. (laughs) They just plug in where they're going to go and their Tesla tells them where to stop and how long it's going to take. You can certainly do that. You don't have to use external or third-party chargers. You can do it all through Tesla. But as I mentioned, I'm a very detail-oriented person. I think the things through. I plan a ton. And thanks to a better route planner and plug share, I'm able to get into more of the nuances, find out ways to save money with charging, and also maximize my time. So that's why I recommend those. After Chattanooga, I got to Nashville and oh my gosh, I just loved it. I mean, it was very influenced by my friend who lives there. I haven't seen her in years. She moved there from Los Angeles. And just to be able to experience her new life in a new town was so cool. And she was the perfect person for me to see Nashville through the first time. I also have another family member who moved out there that I got to see. And my friend and I kind of just hung out. We didn't do a ton. I went to one restaurant, I think. We actually got takeout from a Thai place. That was really good. Forget where 
or what that was. I feel like it was like a Japanese slash Thai restaurant because I feel like they had sushi as well. But I went to another restaurant with my cousin that was fully vegan. And let me see the name of that place if I marked it down. Sometimes I'm so in the moment that I don't even take pictures, which is part of what I was saying at the beginning. Like I'm not focused on social media anymore. So pictures are just not in my mind. I want to be there and experience the food and the people and the places that I'm at. But I did take a picture of this place called Avo, A-V-O. And it was really good. Also nice atmosphere, nice service, indoor, outdoor seating. Let's see, did I bring Evie? No, I think I left her with my at my friend's house and met my family member there. But they had really good avocado margaritas. It's, I guess, one of their things that they're known for. We had great dessert. They had, I mean, since it was fully vegan, like tons of cool options. I forget what I had beyond that margarita. The margarita wasn't strong, I will say. It was quite expensive. It was very tasty, but not like... I don't even remember feeling buzzed whatsoever from it. We had some interesting things with mushrooms. That's what I remember. Like, I think we had crab cakes and some a salad that was also left something to be desired. I think it was a Caesar salad and then some sort of bowl. And the bowl had mushrooms and a variety of different vegetables that it's all I remember. Before I went to that restaurant, though, the day before, I went to another national park which was really cool. This is called Mammoth Caves National Park, and it's about 90 minutes north of Nashville. So quick drive. My friend and I went up there. You have to reserve cave tours in advance. I suppose you could get there and wing it, but there's nothing else to do really beyond go to the caves. I guess you could walk around and appreciate some of the nature above ground, but the underground caves are the whole purpose of this park. And it costs, I think, anywhere from like 5 to $30, depending on which tour you want to do. They really encourage you to reserve in advance. So we did that. We did the historic tour, which takes you through a huge section of these caves. But it's barely a glimmer at them because there are over 400 miles of caves at this park. And apparently, it's the longest cave system in the entire world which is astounding. I'd never heard of this park before. Some of my family members used to go a ton and they absolutely loved it. It's really neat. You join a huge group of people. I think like a hundred people are in these groups and you walk through the caves with a tour guide and they tell you like the history of it and they will do kind of like some demonstrations. Like they have lights all throughout the caves and they have to go and manually turn them on as you walk forward. So you get to see the caves illuminate as you're walking. And then at one point on the tour, they turn all the lights off and it's pitch black. I mean, you cannot see a single thing, not even your hand in front of your face. That was really neat. And then the tour guide lit a lantern just to show you what it was like in the old days. And it was really cool. I enjoyed it. And it took about two hours. I think our tour was about two miles of walking, but you go really slowly. And there's some stairs that you go up and down. They have all the details on the website about how strenuous it is. This one, they kind of like over explain. Like, in other words, it wasn't that strenuous to do for me at least, but I appreciate that they give you a lot of warnings because there are some parts of the trails that get really narrow. So they try to be mindful to people with different body sizes, 
they do have some accessibility to help people that may be on wheelchairs or are in special needs with their bodies. And they have all the details there on the website, which is kind of cool or very cool, I should say, not kind of cool. So that was the essence of my Nashville experience. I didn't do any major touristy things, which I don't really enjoy. I would do it, I guess, if somebody really wanted to. But my friend, mostly we just wanted to hang out and enjoy each other's company. And going to the national park took a whole day. So outside of that, we just sat around and made coffee lattes, one of my favorite things to do. And that's actually one of the tools that I brought that my friend is really impressed by. I got this new whisk that's really neat because my previous whisk broke while I was in Massachusetts. And I was really bummed because I love whisking in various sweeteners and milks into my coffees and making all sorts of different drinks. So I went on Amazon and found this neat whisk that is USB powered. Most whisks that I've owned in the past are powered with like AA batteries. And so you always have to charge them. Like if you use reusable batteries or replace the batteries, it's kind of a whole thing. And because it's battery powered, they're not super strong. So I got this USB powered one that is so strong, almost too strong. Like you really have to be mindful because the liquid can go flying everywhere, which happened to me in the beginning. And it comes with like a special carrying case. It was so good for travel. So I'll put that in the show notes if you want to check that out. My friend was requesting a link to that. (laughs) And I have to go through my photos a little slower. I think at this point in my trip, things started to shift because I was staying with family member all along the way up until I left Nashville. That's when I started to do my camping and that's where my travel gear really starts to come into play. So I left Nashville. I met another family member in Memphis just for lunch. We went to this Mexican restaurant called Maria's Cantina, which was technically outside of Memphis in South Haven, Mississippi, but just south of Memphis. And it was a really good place, incredible prices, also dog-friendly, outdoor seating. I mean, I always pay attention to those things. Like, do they have vegan and gluten-free food options? Do they have outdoor seating? And can I bring my dog? Clearly, those are important. And if I can charge my car even better, in that case, I found a free charger across the street from the restaurant at a hotel. Now, the rules when it comes to using free chargers at places like hotels are a little loose. I usually will use those for a short period of time, just like for two hours max during the day, because I figure if someone's staying at the hotel, they have priority for using these chargers but they're probably going to need them overnight or later in the day, early morning. And you can check platforms like PlugShare, which will give you some more details and sometimes even tell you if the chargers are available. So that's my little hack. It's so nice to get free charging too when you're eating lunch. After that, I drove and continued on my way to the third national park that I went to on this particular trip. And I had to stay at kind of some random places. So the first was in an area called Mount Pleasant. And it's such a fascinating part of the country because it's the border of Arkansas, Louisiana, I think, right? Yeah, Arkansas, Louisiana, and Texas. And so over in that area, there's towns with like 
names that combine it all. Like one's called Tex Arcana. So it's like combining the three states together. That's like the name of the town. And I'm always fascinated when I drive by. It's like on the way to Dallas between Memphis and Dallas. So I stayed at a KOA, which is a popular camping destination. When I'm looking for camping, the things I, number one, it's most important to me is safety. So I will look up on a map. I generally start with Google Maps. And actually, I should back up a second if you're curious how I do all of this. So I need to consider charging my car every day and getting me from point A to point B. I will plan all that out in a better route planner. And then I will see where I'm going to be at each time of day. And I like to get to my camping destinations before sunset, ideally, or right after sunset. So that way I have lots of light on the road, makes me feel safer. But also I love to get to camping sites when I can still see and they're not like covered in darkness. It feels safer. It has rarely worked out that way, though, especially this time of year when the light's changing. It's really tough because I'm often on the road for hours and hours on end and getting somewhere by like 6.30 or 7 p.m. is hard. So I do my best. That's how I time out where I'm going to be. And then I'll use Google Maps to research what are the camping areas in that location. So in this Mount Pleasant area that I was in, there was a KOA. And I'll go and check the reviews and start with the places that have the highest reviews. Then I look at accommodations and pricing. KOA is a really great option, but unfortunately, they tend to be expensive compared to other places. And expensive meaning campsites on the lower end could be like $15 to $20 US. On the average, I would say $30. And very rarely, maybe $35 or $40 just for tent camping or a general campsite. I prefer to get campsites that have electricity because that's another way that I charge my car. And if that isn't going to be super expensive, like $10 is pushing it if that's an upcharge. For example, some campsites are $15, but if you want to have electricity, they'll be $30. And I have to kind of weigh that out because I have to pay for charging at the Tesla chargers. A lot of people are surprised. But most Teslas these days, in 2022 at least, they charge you to go get electricity for your car. In the past, it actually used to be free. So people assume that like it's free for electric cars. The free places I mentioned at hotels, for instance, are rare or they're there because somebody's paying the hotel. It's a similar concept at campgrounds where a lot of them offer it as part of your camping experience. Then there are also different levels of electricity. So you've got your basic 120 volts. So that's just like what you would have at home in your wall. That's another thing that surprised people that electric cars can charge off of a regular power outlet. So if you have that at your campsite, good to go. The downside is with a Tesla, if you're going to use camp mode, which keeps the air circulating in the car, keeps certain electricity on for you and regulates the temperature, that uses the battery. So if you plug into the wall, you basically come out even. You don't gain charge. So when you're on a road trip, like this example, I prefer to gain more charge overnight 
so that I have to do less charging the next day. In order to achieve that, I need to get a 50 volt charging spot. And that's usually extra. And I explain this all because at KOAs, they're kind of cool because they have a combination of spaces for tent camping, for cabin camping and rentals, and RVs. So I generally go to the RV section of these campgrounds and park my car in between these big rigs because they have the 50, or 50 amp, not 50 volt, 50 amp charging. And the car, at least for me, my Model 3 came with a 50 amp adapter. And this might be a lot of information, but if you're ever going to get an electric car and want to do road trips, this is helpful because you can actually save a lot of money by not going hotels. A lot of people prefer hotels. And as I mentioned, you can charge your car at a lot of hotels. You can use websites like PlugShare to help you determine all that. But the campgrounds, given their low cost, are a great choice for someone like me because the car is designed for you to camp inside of it. So anyways, I got, went to this Mount Pleasant KOA and pulled in, got my RV spot, and then I just set up my whole system. So for me, I've outlined this a ton in previous episodes. I'll just give you the short notes for it. But I have a mattress in my car. It's called Test Mat. It's a memory foam mattress. And I generally will put some padding underneath it just to make it extra comfortable. I bring my weighted blanket and I also have my favorite pillow from Essentia. It's a memory foam pillow that's, I just hate leaving home without it. So that combined is great. I lay out the mattress in the back of the car. There's plenty of room for me and Evie. There could be room for another person there too. I've never slept in the car with someone else. Not yet. Most people I know are not that interested (laughs) Tesla camping. One day I'll make it happen. I do use the extra space in the car though. Like if somewhere someone were to sleep there with me, there is enough space for another body. And I use that for EV supplies, um, my luggage, various things that I'm carrying with me. I also bought this, I forget what the term is. It's like a luggage storage bag that you put on top of the roof of the car. I got that for last year's road trip to give myself some extra storage options. And that's what I do to take anything that was filling up the space where I sleep, that goes up on top of my roof. I think it's called a roof bag or something like that. I'll put it in the show notes. (laughs) I'll put the exact one that I have. There's a number of brands out there. It's waterproof. So I've used it when it's rained and everything inside stays nice and dry. It secures to the top of your car so you can actually drive with it on. I don't usually do that, but it also feels secure for other people around. I will say people often ask me about what it's like safety-wise as a woman because I'm very mindful of where I spend the night by reading the reviews, making sure it feels safe when I get there. It's very rare that I even have a glimmer of fear at these places. That KOA, for instance, felt really clean. They had great bathrooms and people often want to know about that too. So I'll get to that in a moment. But having that storage bag on top of my car, I'm not concerned that someone's going to like come by and steal it. I've even seen people drive all around the country with those storage bags in their cars and they'll go and stay the night in a hotel and leave their stuff on top of the car. I don't think I'd feel comfortable doing that, but you can do it. You just have to take a risk because someone could break into it. You can get little locks for them, but you could also like, if someone had a knife, they could slash it open. (laughs) And sadly, people do these things, but rarely at campgrounds. 
So reconfigure my car, move things around, put things on the roof, put things in the front seat. I have my car refrigerator, which is one of my favorite things for road trips. It's a game changer because I love to have coffee and milk and various fresh food. It keeps things from melting in my car. So great. That's in the front seat. I have a box of food. I did mention that earlier that I would talk about some food beyond the restaurants. And for instance, the evening that I was at this KOA, I pulled out my little mini food camp stove. So I'll link to that too, because that thing has been such a game changer the last few years. They're very common, lightweight, like isopropane tanks that attach to the bottom of a little lighter. And then on top of it, you have a container where you can heat up your food. And it's great for boiling water and making things like soup. So at the KOA, I had this organic carrot coconut soup from Cadia. It came in a bag and it was shelf stable for years. I think it was at least a year that I've had this. I didn't think it was going to be that good, but it was surprisingly good. I cooked that up on my car, got inside. I like to tether phone's internet connection to my computer or my iPad so I can watch a movie, Netflix, whatever I feel like. So I get all cozy inside my car, have my soup, and it was great. And I mentioned the bathroom. So KOAs are also known for, in general, having really good bathrooms. So they have showers, they have all the plumbing. So if you're traveling in a car like me without RV that would have a built-in bathroom, you can go use the KOA's bathroom and they have codes on them to keep you safe. KOAs also have internet connection too, but sometimes it doesn't work great. Anyways, I went in the bathroom, brushed my teeth, did all, got changed into my pajamas and got in my car and went to bed. And that was really nice. A lot of people are also curious, like throughout my trip about bathroom stuff. Well, if you didn't hear me talk about this in the previous episode, I have to shout out the Carlu, which is just one of my favorite road trip pieces of gear because while I'm driving all around the country, it you'll need to use the bathroom. I usually need to go to the bathroom every like two to five hours, depending on how hydrated I am. And the car is neat because it's designed for you to literally pee in your car. Now, this isn't for everybody. Some people are weirded out by it, but talk about saving time and also reducing your exposure to other people. I mean, bathrooms can be gross. Bathrooms can be scary. Like as a woman traveling by yourself, you might not feel safe in some bathrooms, right? Men have the flexibility to pull their car over on the side of the road and just pee in bushes. I have talked about in the past, I have a female urination device from this brand called Tinkle Bell. That's what I used a lot in 2020 and 2021, I guess. But in 2022, up to my game of the Carlu. It is so great. It's made by a woman in California. And it's basically a plastic exterior with a stainless steel pan, kind of like a bed pan, I guess. But it has a lid on the top, two lids. One is like a silicone lid to keep the liquid from spilling out when you're transporting it. And another is like a plastic lid with a little carrying handle. And you can go dispose of whatever goes in there, however you see fit. There are various 
thoughts on where you can do that. Obviously, you can go flush it down a toilet. You can bring it somewhere else. They make different like powders that you can put into your bodily fluids and then put that in like a compostable bag and toss that in the trash. Tons of options if you are willing to deal with that, which I happily am because with the Tesla, sometimes you go to charge your car and there's not an accessible bathroom nearby. Or sometimes you're at the campsite and it's the middle of the night and you don't want to walk all the way across. Like get this KOA, the bathroom was super far away. So having the toilet in my car as an option in the middle of the night is really great. So I will continue to plug things like that because I have had to learn to be very comfortable (laughs) with my body on these trips. So the next day I got up and headed out. I my first stop was at Bucky's B-U-C dash E-S. It is a huge convenience store in certain parts of the country. I think most of the southern areas. It's mostly in Texas, I believe, but I know there's one in Kentucky and a few other states. I also learned that it's one of, if not the world's largest convenience store. They have tons of gas pumps there. Some of them even have Tesla chargers. The one I went to in Texas did not, but I made a special stop there because I was super curious. You see signs all along the highway for Bucky's. People wear their t-shirts. Like It's got this beaver and it just looks so cute. And I had to go and see for myself weren't a ton of vegan options or food options in general. They did have like a really cool coffee bar and they did have like pour your own plant-based creamers. Like some gas stations have like a selection of creamers to add to your coffee. They were accommodating to vegans. And in the refrigerator section, I do remember a lot of vegan drinks and various vegan junk food that you can find throughout the store. But they had like fudge that wasn't vegan and like all these breakfast foods and hot dogs and random stuff. It was cool, but there wasn't much for me there. As I'm going through my pictures, the next snack that I took a picture of is one of my favorites. It's popped water lily seeds. If you've never tried them before, either a acquired taste or like a very specific taste that you'll never acquire. I happen to love them. And this one brand, Root to India, makes these delicious lily seeds with great flavors. They're called yoga pops. And I wish I had more of them. They're so satisfyingly crunchy. And they had truffle flavor to this one. It was awesome. And then I had probably my favorite experience beyond seeing family. All those family visits were wonderful. But in terms of being on my own, my favorite part of the trip was this night where I went to the town's called Marathon, Texas. I was on my way down to Big Bend National Park, my third and final park of this trip. And I needed to charge my car overnight because there weren't any Tesla superchargers in between. So I mentioned how I use a better route planner. When I plugged in, <laughs> I wanted to go from Memphis to Big Bend National Park to Los Angeles. It's kind of like a V shape on the map because it's way down the southwest part of Texas, there was like very little charging options and a better route planner actually warned me and said like, you're really going to have trouble going here. Well, the workaround if you do camping or hotel stays is that you can find the chargers overnight. So I chose this park called the Marathon 
motel and RV park. And it was super booked the night that I went. The only way I got in there is because there was a cancellation. I got like one of the last spots at this place that evening. I guess they were having like some big chili event in town or something. It's a super small town with less than 400 residents, seemingly in the middle of nowhere. So I go in there kind of ignorant, just thinking I have a place to sleep. Well, it ended up being one of the best camping experiences I've ever had on my Tesla road trips because this place is in such a small town that there's barely any light pollution and they have a star party event every single night, meaning there's two employees. Their names were, I think, Bill, Andy, something like that. The nicest guys every night, they come out and offer this paid star viewing experience for $10 you can go and look through their, te- their telescopes for hours. They tell you all about the stars, the planets, the constellations, and they tell stories and make jokes. And it was just delightful. So I show up, the light had just, the sunset had just like finished. So it was getting really dark, pulled in, plugged in my car and walked over and joined their star party and just had the most delightful time. I just felt this immense level of joy. I just wanted to savor every moment of it. It was also really cool because that night, something special and rare happened, which was a SpaceX rocket launch. SpaceX is owned by Elon Musk, who very controversial man right now. I'm still trying to figure out how I feel about him these days, but I appreciate him to the extent of how much I love my Tesla And I also think SpaceX is really cool. So there was this enormous rocket in the distance with this beautiful light trail and everyone just stopped in their tracks watching and on. I found out from the guys that do these star parties that they've only seen that like once before, I guess it's a rare thing to witness. And it was just really neat. I also felt so incredibly safe there. I parked in their RV section and I got some of the best sleep, if not the best sleep I've ever had while camping because there's something about this little town and these kind people that worked there and it was quiet. There wasn't any of that light pollution. Like the stars, I've never, maybe never seen stars like that before. And I looked it up, that part of Texas is known for having some of the darkest skies in the country. So if you are interested in that, could not recommend it enough. The next day, I drove down to Big Bend National Park. I didn't really do the calculations with my car charging well enough because I had what they call range anxiety. And so I didn't get to see as much of the national park as I wanted to. I saw a good amount, but if you go all the way to the end of the park, it borders with Mexico and the Rio Grande River. And I really wanted to see that, but it was a little too far for me to drive and get back to the next charger. So I would absolutely go back in a heartbeat. Perhaps my favorite part of that park was that there were tarantulas crossing the street. Now, I'm not someone that gets that excited about spiders. I have always felt a little nervous around them, but super curious. And when I saw these tarantulas, I couldn't even believe it. Like 
I didn't believe my eyes. I saw three of them. And apparently at this time of year, it's kind of common to see them earlier in the fall and summer. In this part of the country, the tarantulas very commonly cross the road as part of like mating season. This time of year, it's a little less frequent, but I saw three of them in like the span of an hour. And there's just these giant spiders walking across the road and you're just hoping that you don't drive over them accidentally. They're not that big. So like within a few feet, you realize they're there. And I was like, oh, no. One point I saw it enough in advance that I pulled my car over and like got out and watched it close up. And I was just in complete awe. The cool thing about this park, at least when I was there, there were barely any cars around. So I'm just like on the road by myself watching this tarantula and thinking, I want to learn more about tarantulas. So I loved it. And then I drove back up. So I could have gone in a different direction to get back towards Los Angeles. But because of my car charging needs, I actually went back up to Marathon, which is north of Big Bend. And there's in the little town, a hotel called the Gage Hotel that had a Tesla charger. So I plugged in my car there for free charging. And because I felt a little bad, sometimes I feel guilty charging at these free chargers. I went to their cafe and I got lunch. I went to one of their stores and bought a gift. They had a really cool natural market down the street that I went to. And it was just like this quaint, cinematic little town where everyone there was so nice. The men are walking around wearing cowboy hats. I'm like, I really felt like I was in a movie from that evening with the star viewing all the way through that experience in that little town. It was just magical. And I would go back in a heartbeat. The next day after, or I guess continuing on that day, later that day, I just felt like it was the tail end of my trip. I mean, there wasn't much left to do except drive. So I drove a ton and ended up spending the night. Where was this? I think it was, oh, it was in New Mexico, also in a very random area. This was probably my least, one of my least favorite places I've stayed. So I'm not even going to mention the name, but in this area, just due to the timing that I was driving and my charging needs made the most sense to stop. There were so many RV parks and this one had really good reviews. I'm not sure why though. It felt safe, but it was nothing special. I mean, it was just gravel and tons of RVs, probably like a hundred RVs. And there were multiple RV parks in a row. So there's probably hundreds of RVs parked here why? I don't know. Are they living there like some people do? I think so. Some people are on their way somewhere, but it's blown my mind visiting these parks, like learning about this whole subculture. I know about van life, but like this RV life, there's so many RVs and like middle of nowhere type of town, but it was fine. Like I felt safe and it was really cheap. I think it was like 20... $9 maybe with tax. I mean, it was so inexpensive that I was super grateful for to get a 50 amp RV spot for less than $30. That's on the rare side. Only a few places have been that low. And that evening I grabbed dinner from Carl's Jr. That's one of my go-tos. There's a couple Carl's Juniors at some of the superchargers 
And I'll go there and get a Beyond Burger lettuce wrapped and it just like hits the spot for me for dinner. I also had this awesome product called Hiker's Hummus, which is really worth a shout. The brand's called Yubu, U-B-U, and they have this freeze-dried hummus that you can take on a hike. That's why it's called Hiker's Hummus. It's labeled vegan and gluten-free, made in Wisconsin. They're part of 1% for the planet, like awesome brand. And the pack has two snack-sized servings. It says all you do is open it up and pour water in it, and you can actually reseal it. So probably best to eat it all in one sitting, but I guess you could probably keep it for another day or so, especially if you have a fridge like I do. That was delicious. I was very impressed by that. Fell in line with some of the best snacks that I had. And then from there, I just kept driving and driving. I drove through Palm Springs, which I really enjoy going to. It's just so, so lovely. And I stopped to charge my car outside of Palm Springs at this one area called Cabazon. And they have two superchargers there. One of them is new and it's right next to the Morongo Casino. And this is a little side note for me. I really enjoy playing slot machines, but I have a lot of boundaries around them. They have to be very specific casinos. And I always have a limit of at most $20 that I'll spend because I'm mostly doing it for fun with the slight chance of making money. I only had $5 on me. And if you didn't know this about slot machines, usually you have to pay with cash. And if you want to use the ATMs of these casinos, they have all these fees tacked on. So another rule of mine is I have to have cash with me. Well, I plugged my car in to charge it and I ran in there because I only my car only was going to take like 30 minutes to charge. So I literally ran into the casino, found a really cool slot machine, put my $5 in, played. I probably lasted for five minutes because the slot machines go so fast. And I think I walked away with 45 cents. So I spent about $4.50 of this casino, went back to my car and left. And that was it. I was back in LA a few hours later and my trip came to a close. So I'm going to look through my photos real quick to see if there was any other odds and ends. I mean, I have all these pictures from various things, various explorations. I think it's cool to do it in a Tesla because or an electric car. It doesn't have to be a Tesla, but the Tesla has made it so easy to do this. Like I said, you don't have to be so detail-oriented. You could just get in your car and go. It depends on where you're staying and where you're going and what your comfort levels are, somebody with you, all these factors. What I love about the charging is that it kind of forces me to go to places I wouldn't normally go. Like I probably wouldn't have stayed the night at that marathon motel, an RV park, because I wouldn't have had to. Could have stayed at some other random park. Reading the reviews on Google Maps, PlugShare, using a better route planner, like it just takes you in different directions and you get to experience different cultures and different types of people and different foods. And then the camping side of it just gets you to think more creatively. I mean, I'm constantly thinking about like, how am I going to use the bathroom (laughs) and what snacks am I going to have? It's funny how I don't have a ton of videos of snacks. Like I thought I was missing some, but I've shared the highlights. Oh, one of them which I <laughs> kind of breaks my heart a little. I mentioned this in my episode about the Natural Products Expo. 
I found this savory protein bar company called Afar. And I was absolutely in love with their product and realized I never looked at the ingredient list. Now it says right on the package that it's vegan, but I didn't realize it contained almond. And sadly, I'm super sensitive to almonds. So here I was like downing these bars and probably having reactions to them without even realizing they were causing it. So I'll shout them out because they're a great road trip snack, super convenient, filling the rice-based, but sadly, I won't be eating those anymore. Another random brand (laughs) is called Drizzlicious. And I think people have referred to them as one of those brands you find at like TJ Maxx or Home Goods in that random foods section. If you ever see them though, get them. They're so good. They're rice cakes and they have different flavors. They like with frostings on them. And I think all of them are vegan and gluten-free. They're so satisfying. I mean, I'm shocked at how good they are. I ate a few bags of those. I didn't get them from Home Goods though. I got them from the food show. Another brand I really appreciate for on-the-go food is Lotus Foods. They might make rice ramen noodle soups that are instant. You just pour water in them. They're so delicious. I had one of those. Let's see what else. I'm always on the hunt for products like that. But I was able to go to so many great restaurants and have fresh food, go to fast food places. Like I actually didn't eat as much on the road as I, I mean, like packaged foods as I thought I was going to. I just made sure I had plenty of water and coffee. One other brand though I'm noticing was called Cluster Bucks. They were part of a giveaway that I did with Wellevator maybe like two holidays ago, like the holiday season. I did a huge giveaway. been thinking about doing it again. It's just a ton of work. And I don't even know how much people appreciate it. But if you ever want to give me feedback on that, let me know. The brand Cluster Bucks, I believe, participated. Or I think the brand's called Lil, L-I-L, Bucks. But the product is called Cluster Bucks. And they're these grain-free superfood clusters. I'd actually never had them when they did the giveaway with us. They, I just thought they sounded good. But I finally tried them and they were delicious. So that was on my short list of snacks. I also went to a lot of really good coffee shops. Like that one I mentioned at the Gage Hotel, their coffee shop, I think it's called V6. That was really good. They had a nice salad that I had. And I told you about some of the others that I went to. And the Atlanta area and Nashville. I mostly made my own coffee. For those curious about how I make coffee on the road, I love using my cold brew coffee maker. I'll put it in the show notes. I think the brand's called, it starts with a T. I don't remember how to pronounce it, but it's a plastic cold brew coffee maker that's leak proof. So it's been great for these trips because I'm not worried about the equipment breaking. I'm not worried about it leaking. I can just put ground coffee in it, fill it with water, and it lasts for days. That's been my best solution. I also have like a French press maker with me, like a camping version of it. And I usually carry instant coffee with me, but I rarely ever use those. I prefer either fresh coffee from a shop or my cold brew coffee maker paired with a milk that I enjoy. And I'll usually bring this brand. I think it's Muala. I'll confirm and put that in the show notes. And the other one is, I believe, Strive. It's a brand new plant-based milk that I tried at the Natural Products Expo and probably mentioned in that episode too. Those are really delicious. I like like, 
rich, creamy, but low sugar or sugar-free milks. And they're kind of hard to find, especially since I don't do almonds. So I'm always on the hunt for a good milk. And uh, having the refrigerator is so helpful because then I can just store my milk throughout my trips and put my coffee in there too. And it's great. So with all that said, I will link to these products and my tips, the websites in the show notes at wellevator.com. If you want to geek out, if you're curious about these things, if you might do a road trip, a camping trip, or maybe you're thinking of getting an electric car like a Tesla or somewhere else. I'm always happy to share more details beyond this, but everything I shared in this episode is in the show notes at wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-E-V-A-T-R. And if I can answer any more questions, my contact information is there too. I would love to hear from you, by the way. If you don't have questions, but you'd like to give feedback, we're coming up on 400 episodes of the show, which is amazing. And also the three-year anniversary of the show is right around the corner. So I'm evaluating how I want to do things moving forward. What will it be like in 2023? What content should I create? And really, you are the person I want to hear from on that. So if you have feedback, suggestions, questions, whatever it is, hearing from you lights me up. So please find my contact information, my email or my social media handles. If you want to DM me, those are great ways to reach me. And I hope you do that. Until then. Happy travels to you if you're on any of them. Happy upcoming holidays. I'll be back again on Friday with a special guest episode. Let me take a quick peek at who we have. I get so excited about guests. It's just, it blows my mind. Last week's episode with Lloyd George, so good, if you haven't heard that yet. And then the episode coming up this week is really wonderful for people that might be experiencing things like seasonal affective disorder, SAD, considering antidepressants, struggling with their mood. I think it's actually an amazing episode to come out this time of year. So I hope you'll tune in to that. And I've got a lot of other guests lined up for you the rest of the year. So please stay tuned and reach out whenever you feel ready. Thanks for listening and I'll see you later. Thanks for listening and getting out of your comfort zone with us today. For show notes and more high-performance resources to help you thrive, go to wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com.